Dedicator learning as always the Zechad Nishmas Ekadoshim Shinafalo Kiddush Hashem, and unfortunately our soldiers um, also Shinafalo Kiddush Hashem, and of course all the Choylim and all of the Chatuvim. My wife actually is listening to uh, um, and Mrs. Hirsch, who's uh, speaking about her um, her son. Uh, it's just uh, all these people are a tremendous inspiration. We should be Zechad to only hear Besaris Tavis out of all of Klal Yisrael, especially it is Chodesh Adar, and even if you want a Taina that it's Adar Aleph. Still, Speaking about Simcha, tonight is the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. So I've been tasked to, by heart, try to summarize some of the potential issues with the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the first one, I just had, just literally a few hours ago, they asked me to speak, um, uh, I don't know if it was going to be this week, so apparently in, you'll like this, in the, uh, maybe you'll be able to help me with this, if you know the answer to this. Um... You too. The uh, Shaila was, they, they want me to speak, there's a, called the Svartic Halachic Club in Leva Torah. It's such a thing. They meet from 3.45 to 5 o'clock, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know. They want me to speak about uh, gambling. Gambling and halacha, the difference between Svartim and Ashkenazim, because Ravadji has a martial chuva on this subject. I don't know the answer because I didn't research it, but I'll tell you what I remember. I think we may have discussed this once before. So this is a big deal. A lot of people bet on games, and, and it happens to be, excuse me, I shouldn't say, I'm not going to mention any names, but there was a Kiddush the Shabbos, next door, here, Kiddush, the normal halachic year, which I was supposed to give this week, but <laughs> your father stole it from me, and originally your father said no to this year, so then I prepared a shear. You don't know the story, and you also don't think he's in the Mossad, and I prepared a shear, and he is in the shear, da, 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 and then he said, oh no, I'll do it, so then I got Whatever. So it's supposed to, there was apparently the shear was poppers and uh, it was this amazing shear because uh, Seth's father's your side. And um, it was being sponsored by someone in the shul. I'm not going to mention his name, but he may be the president of the shul, um, who won the Ramat Shilo Fantasy Football League. So the Shiloh was can you use, uh, can you use us or money to pay for a kiddish? <laughs> right? Is it Masachik Pekubi or not? So if you remember, we asked to the Shaila, we just did it, I think last week, what was it, last week, I don't know if it was on the tape or not. You had a problem with this, I think, uh, with the, the case of Rav Zilberstein and the woman. Rav Zilberstein has a Shiloh about a woman who is, who is very wealthy, and Baruch Hashem, I just got a call today, it was like very similar to this, I got a call today, I was at lunch, it was like a 072 number, Dover Gadol, just don't answer a 072 number, I'm lonely I guess, I was eating lunch in the yeshiva, and I got the call, and I, she goes, I'll call you back in five minutes, she calls me back, I thought it was something important, she goes, Zachita, Ataloyodech Zachita, so I was thinking, ooh, is this the, well, the Hakshiva auction already, maybe I won something, and the, the, what's the other one, that other thing that everything's going around, maybe I won in the, uh, in the Ezer Metzion, right, I said, what, 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 Zachita Bama, but I got, we had a, what is it called, we had a raffle, and you're Zoich in the raffle to give it to sponsor, to, to, sorry, host a sheer Torah in your house with one of the great rabbis. And I'm like, um, I'm a rabbi, thank you very much, have a nice day. I give sure, you know, whatever. I don't know, I was trying to be nice about it. But this woman realized that Baruch Hashem, her husband's very, very, very wealthy. And uh, she wants to do something good. So she went to the local, whatever, maybe Chabad, I don't know what, of her, of her you know, town. And she said, I want to do something special for the women of the town. She says, okay, let's do a Rosh Chodesh shir in your beautiful mansion. So she said, oh, I'm not just going to have a shir, I'm going to make a Sudas Rosh Chodesh. Right? We know that there's a, a special Indian Rosh Chodesh in women. 
right? Women had the zchus of Rosh Chodesh, whatever it was, or different potential reasons. They're, they're, they, some of them have the Isra not to do Malach on Rosh Chodesh. I think there used to be in the, um, the, the Haredi, they're all Haredi, but the Haredi uh, under Yesh, there's the Haredi, uh, what's it called? Sewing Center. It's called the Sewing Center. They're all Haredim. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're closed on Rosh Chodesh because women don't do, right? Women who follow us. We, we have this also by uh, Hanukkah. They don't do Malacha because the women were Zoycha to, by Bahad Lachas Neiros. They don't do it because they were Zoycha to the Neis. Yehudit was Zoycha to the Neis of Hanukkah. So here too, Rosh Chodesh, they didn't do the Chet Egel. So they get the, they get the Bracha of what? Of celebrating Rosh Chodesh on a higher level. So she made a Rosh Chodesh with a Suda. Everybody would come to the Shir for two reasons. One, not for the shear, to see the house, <laughs> and two, the food. <laughs> Look, fine. And there's a shear also, fine. So uh, the woman said, the, afterwards, the woman starts, the same Rebison comes every week and gives us great, uh, every year, every month, I'm sorry, every month gives us a shear. She's so excited about that. And she says to her, um, she starts to tell her her life story. And she says, right. And she says that uh, my husband, uh, you know, this. thank God I'm doing this. I hardly ever see my husband. My husband's not the biggest tzaddik in the world. She's like, well, what's wrong with your husband? She says, oh, my husband owns, this was not, not that many years ago, my husband owns the, uh, the one casino that's in, uh, that's in, what do you call it, uh, Yericho, right? When they gave back Yericho, when the Arabs stole it from us, they, took, they gave away Yericho, so uh, you're not allowed to have gambling in Israel, it's not allowed, so they put a, 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 they put a casino there. And this from, uh, uh, from this Jewish guy, not from guy, owned it, Russian, I think. Anyway. So she was using the money from there, whatever. So the moment that the Rebetzin heard about this, she said, ooh, this may be not good money. She asked Rav Zilberstein. Rav Zilberstein like, went crazy on it. And he was very machmir on the topic of Masachik Bekubia. But not just that. This is worse. This is a, 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 you know, a, an institution of Masachik Bekubia. I own Masachik Bekubia. I own a casino. Right? And we know if, you know, if you know casinos, casinos do all this Super Bowl stuff. Right? They have these, I don't know if you've ever seen these screens. So it's unbelievable what they have there. So they're, they're, not that I've ever been to a casino before. But when you go to a casino, I've been to, I have, I've actually had business trips. It's a pretty amazing thing. I had a business trip to Las Vegas. And you can't, get to your, you can't get to your hotel room without walking through the entire casino for us. They do this on purpose. With lighting and, and, and there's no, there's no time, you can't see what time it is. It's very, very weird. So when I was looking around, obviously just, I was just looking. I wasn't interested in playing anything. So I saw besides they had the, the, the jackpot, the, what do you call it, the, um, what's that called? No, no, no. They have the roulette and they have the, the blackjack. Um, right, they have all these different things, and then they have this huge room with huge screens that's betting on every game you could ever think of. I'm not just talking about right. I'm not just talking about the football game. I'm talking about the football game. My, my, I don't know what game was just on. My my son was just watching uh, a soccer game. Somebody Manchester United, maybe I don't know. Somebody was playing, right? Just because we had a fight over learning because we we're supposed to learn together. And Baruch Hashem, they finished. They finished some time, and we had 25 minutes left. Okay, fine. But so. That is an institute that I own, you know. So that, that's a shy in general. What profession should I have? Is this a good profession to be in? So the question is, is that when it comes to the famous Gemara of Masachik Bekubia, so uh, Yishuv Oshel Olam comes up. What, these are all, I'm saying this, broad strokes. I don't have it. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, so that, that could be the shy stuff. So I apologize. I don't have any of the Ma'ar Mekoymas in front of me. But uh, from what I remember, and I, if you remember when I, I think I spoke about this once, because I said that when my son got into, uh, when my son was trying out high schools, so um, he had to prepare a sugya, and it happened to be that was the sugya that he was preparing. So I, I, I learned it with him, and I gave him some, some good stuff, and I remember we did Ravaj's shuva, because I said, oh, maybe, you know, you go to a lot of these yeshivas. So we went, I remember Mitzvah Yericho, Sarah Sabato, Sabato's. 
quite the Sephardi. He says, ooh, tell him Ravadjah. You know, you know. He says, Ha'echat ha'yodah, ze'a p'sak shana Ravadjah. is very, very machmer on this. Others say, Yishuv O'Sha'olam. He's like, you spend all your time on this. You have some guy who's the president of the shul, and he's just to just have fun. He doesn't do fancy shifu, but he doesn't even know what he's doing. Some of the times, they're, they're picked for you. You don't, you don't do anything. You should... Misachim could be a generalist idea. He thinks he's better than the other people. He thinks he has a kunz. He thinks he knows how to play blackjack better. He could figure out. He thinks he's counting cards even though he's not. I mean, he's not doing anything illegal. But here, the worst thing is, right, Rav, 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 Rav Zilberstein was against it, is that this is what the guy does for a living. His whole kunz is to steal from people, really. Right? Because, you know, the, the joke is that, you know, the house always wins. At some point, the house always wins. Why is it that when you go gambling and you're doing well, somebody comes up to you and offers you a room? They said, don't you want to stay here tonight? Because they want to get their money back. And most of the time, they get their money back. So, that would be the Shiloh about betting. I would assume, again, I'm not saying mutter, usr, right? It's hard to say. You want to go with the strict view of Ravadja, fine. But there are other Paiskim who don't feel that way. And think that as long as a person is doing a one-time thing, he's not doing it every single time. He's not, you know, people aren't knocking on his door and, and, and trying to beat him up because he didn't pay her. It's not, is it? It's just a fun thing. So the same thing I would say about the lottery, about the pious here. I don't even know. I don't, honestly, it's pretty funny. I, don't, I wouldn't even know if I wanted to. Where do you go to pay, play uh, pie? Where, where is that? The candy the can, yeah, yeah, the candy store. Yeah, okay, so. Mops like a Kobe. You're allowed to do it? No, I found the card. Oh, you found the card? Now I know, you're right. Sweets are us, and whenever I drive, you're right. Now I think, when I drive my kids to. Um, to one of the basketball courts, not Schreiber. What's the other one called? The one on that weird street, like near Narquise. I forget what it's called. So there, there's always this. There's always a makolet open all the time. They definitely have a lot. They must be. They have pious there, and definitely drugs also. But uh, that's everything. So, so that 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 that, that that's one Shiloh about it. So I don't know if it's. I don't know if a betting on a Super Bowl just you know to have fun. You go to your friend's house, and there's you know 50 people there tonight, and they're all watching the Super Bowl. And everybody's picking a, a, a box. I, I don't know. I think there's just a fun thing. I, my time, I had, a, I had a fight. Somebody I was talking to about this, and they didn't agree with me. And uh, they said to me, no, it's not. I said, let me tell you what's the difference. What's the difference between a guy that goes to the movies and wastes, uh, you know, let's just say, he wastes $20. He goes to, let's say, there's such a thing as a kosher movie and mamish kosher movie. So he spends $20 and he's going to uh, Cinema City, right? And it's, everything's kosher. He's got a two da. And at the end of the day, he spends 100 shekels. God knows how much money he spends. Because popcorn, he gets this, gets that. They used to have in Cinema City 99 shekel. You got, a, you got an open bar of, 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 of candies and uh, popcorn and everything where you want it. So, so, so yeah. So, what's the difference between that and me saying I want to have a good time today? Instead of going to a movie, I'm going to go to gamble a hundred shekel, a hundred dollar. What's the difference? I'm a lot of waste money there. I want to waste money. Oh, uh, instead I'm going on a hot air balloon that cost me five hundred dollars. So it's been the same thing here. If that how if my mindset is that. So the difference that you're going to say is that you may think that that uh, you know uh, that, that, you know you don't know that they're, they they have a kunz and they're still okay. So there could be different tainas. I don't know if it's the worst. I, I certainly don't think it's going to be possible to aid us those type of people. Not sure. The second shaila is um, something that came up. We discussed this on Shavuos. Uh, somebody asked me if I'm speaking about tomorrow. They asked me to speak to speak after the Super Bowl because nobody nobody's going to wake up from the Super Bowl. So they try to make it interesting. They say I'm giving the opening shear, and the topic is how to become a Talmud Chacham. So I'm just going to go up there and go. I don't know. Have a nice day. Um, so so in any case, uh, the next question. So somebody asked me, Oh, am I giving that famous shear I gave? If you remember on Shavuos about drugs and halacha. 
the reason is because it used to be back in the day when uh, they used to have the Super in the yeshiva, they're watching the Super Bowl tonight. So uh, they used to have your ticket to go to the Super Bowl. That's not a joke. We used to have a red ticket. In order to get to the Super Bowl, it wasn't just the Super Bowl. It was to, it was to get all the food and all that. You would have to go to two shurim, two half-hour shurim. So I always gave the opening shear. I did it for like three years in a row. So the, my, one of my famous shears, I developed a shear on the Super Bowl. And we said, what, you know, potential issues with, with athletes. So there was a time, especially in, uh, in, in uh, what do you call it, sports, you have people who use drugs, who use specific drugs to enhance themselves, for them to be better. This, is, this became a huge shyla back in the day. You can give me the names of the people, I don't remember, but I remember in... in what? Yeah. Well, oh, it was on the... Oh, here we go, baby. And, and then he... It was like But he took drugs for him to be better performance? or Ah, so steroids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Lance Armstrong was a famous thing where he said he had cancer and then and, and he was a you know, bicycle thing. I actually, I know it's in, a, a little bit sad tonight. I'm not watching the Super Bowl, but it's in Las Vegas and I, I grew up as a Raiders fan. So there was a, a player by the name of Lyle Alzado. This was in the cover of the Sports Illustrated. Lyle Alzado happened to be a Jewish guy, even though his last name was Alzado. His mother was Jewish. And I had, this, I had met him once and I liked him and I was like, uh, you know, and he was very old, like I think 40 something. And he decided he wants to play football again. He took a ton of steroids to get onto the team. He actually got on the team, and then very quickly he got injured, like the first game. I don't think if you, I don't know if he played or not. And then he wrote a whole story that he and he got brain cancer. And he swears that he got brain cancer because he took so much steroids in such a long time. And that that started the opening of all these people that took steroids and and the Mark McGuire's and the, in my day, the, all these different people. Everybody was coming. Oh, he took, he took, he took whatever, whatever it was. People were telling other people that took. What's the problem with that? La is that we believe, I hope we all believe here, I don't know if you may disagree with me, we all believe that sports is real. That's what I believe. Why do we, what is the taiva even to watch? Let's say it's a taiva, I'm not saying it's Oscar, but I'm saying, what, what, why do we want to watch these games? Be, be, what? Re, meaning the people that are playing, it's a real, you know, like my mom used to always joke, my mom would say something funny like, oh, come on, it's not, oh, just happens to be that every time I watch the NBA, you know, every time it always goes into the, you know, game seven. How's that possible? How does it always happen? You know, how does it always happen? Oh, the World Series, oh, it's tied up again. How's it tied up? It's fixed, it's fixed. You know, people joke, it's fixed. Okay, it happens to be when I grew up, we used to have something called wrestling. You have wrestling now too. But wrestling in those days, like, were majorly fake. Like, fake. Hulk Hogan, the whole thing's fake, right? I mean, you know that, right? Right, 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 right. So it's fake. But, but right. my grandfather, although he always says, he says, no, it's real. Look, they hurt them. It happens to me they would hurt themselves sometimes, but it wasn't real. But we believe that sports is real. And what's the reason why I'm going to pay so much money? Because we know one thing about sports. These are the top people in their field. And sometimes it's like a, it's like a, it's like a chiddush. No, by the way, there's great muster. If you want to take muster from that, it's great muster. Right? You could also become a big Tamil Chacham. You could also, maybe that's what I should say tomorrow. Maybe, thank you for developing my share. Right? Look, look, look what these people did. If, and if you know the story about some of the people, you know, the Kobe Bryants of the world, right? So you, you take a story about, a, a, I know Kobe Bryant's not, in, <laughs> not one of those rabbits. Kobe, is he playing tonight, Kobe Bryant, in the Super Bowl? First of all, he's dead. Second of all, he played basketball. Okay, fine. But the Kobe Bryant story is, is a remarkable story of someone who was the best in his field, but still stayed later than anybody else after the game and would play more. He was unbelievable what he did. And so many of these players, you see how they developed themselves and came who they were. They were nothing. There's so many nothing stories. And they came this way, right? Because they tried to try to... And, and 
So you go to these games, and especially when you compare, just as an example, not a nice example, I apologize, but the example of uh, YU, YU was here a few weeks ago uh, to support Israel, and they, right, so, right, so you, some people went to the game, I was, I, I was in America, so they went to the game, it was YU against, uh, against Hapol Tel Aviv, and because Hapol Tel Aviv didn't want to have any players get hurt, they had like their B team play. And they still, they killed YU, whatever. So it's very interesting to see. We think, oh, YU, it's just, you know, there's so much better, like, so much better. Then, then you go to the real, like, real NBA. Wow, there's so much better. Obviously, in the NFL, it, it's something we can't even, like, imagine how much better. And you see the moves and this and that. And we believe that that's real and it should be real. So there's a tremendous child of Ganevas Das, first and foremost, which is... You're stealing from the fans. It's Geneva Stas. And I always, you know, I quote the truth. Uh, we nah. quote, why not? Because they don't know the same. So they win. No, but, but you have a player who's, who's Geneva Stasing you. He's not who he says he is. You, you could say that nowadays, you could tie that today it's gotten much better because I don't know if this is true, but I'm assuming that they have more testing, which they didn't have. So they do testing maybe all the time. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like like, like mashkiach, you know? Like, how good is, is, is this, is this um, hashkacha? So you say, well, you're going to find out different things. Well, how often does a mashkiach come? So you're going to say, well, I'm only going to follow the Browns if I know that there's a mashkiach making sure that nobody takes drugs. How raya? Somebody did. And so, what happened? Why didn't, you only got caught eight years after. So... I don't know you, but you kind of feel, you, you feel like sold out. Like, I can't believe I went to all these games. It was like, it's fake. This guy's a faker. It wasn't who he was. Why was his muscles like this? You know, they, have you ever seen the, 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 they have pictures sometimes of like the home run king against, you know, Babe Ruth, who is, uh, Babe Ruth looks like this little nebuch, you know, looks like a Jew almost, you know, like little nebuch baseball guy. And you have this big guy with a big, huge, you know, Mark Burger, big muscles. Come on. You didn't know anything? Right, right. Yeah. So, so there is a Geneva Stas, because you don't really, you don't know. We said this before. This is the interesting part. We don't say that, that, that wrestling is Geneva Stas. Why? Because y- you should. You could, be, you could be blind and not know. Like you, could be, you could be watching wrestling and pretend like you, you thought it was real. Okay, but everybody knew. You didn't know. Geneva Stas isn't, if people, if you could, even not only that, the halacha says if you could find out, but you decided not to find out, that, that's not your problem. It's not Geneva Stas that, that I bought my house in New Jersey from a woman who didn't know about the the market of shuls, meaning she was right. Her house was worth $300,000, but she didn't realize that because it was in Bergenfield within the Arab and, and five blocks away from the shul, it's worth four hundred, whatever, $350,000. I, I, that's not going to give us dollars. She could have found that out. That's not my fault. She could have called the, uh, that, by the way, that's one of the reasons why you pay the 2% or the 3% to have a real estate agent. They would tell you all that information. They would tell you what the real worth is. That's not going to give us dollars. So you're correct. It's not going to give us dollars. Oh, everybody knows that everybody takes it. But it's not true. Not everybody takes it. And if a person is doing something that's illegal, that's not right. So we talked about the, the famous Rav Moshe Truva about the regents, about stealing a test. So he's saying the reason why stealing a test is so very bad is because Nobody knows about it. Nobody knows that you're doing that. The college that you're going to get into, maybe, and, and, and the job you're going to have later on, they didn't know that you're a cheater. And the only way you... That's, that's mamish lying. You, you, you mamish can't do that. When it's a known thing, so then it's okay. Again, I don't know if this is true or not. Many, many years ago, many years ago, I never followed up with this. So I took a course to become a... Um, a, a volunteer police officer, like uh, Guy Bauman is. I guess it would be cool now. I would have a gun and everything. So I, I passed the course. But when we took the test, we took it together with, there was a, the police officer was there. We took a whole, we had to take a whole course. 
And when we were taking the test, I was, I was shocked as an older person who hadn't had a test in many years. The, the police officer says, Stop asking me shalot. Ask your friend. I don't care. You know the material. He was like basically saying it's okay to cheat. Like it was a weird situation. He said, ah, everybody, it's just like you have to take a test. It's like the government. So I don't know. Maybe, that's wrong. maybe I'm totally wrong about that and I should have gotten up and said, no, that's it. But it turned out I didn't do anything anyway. Um, I didn't, whatever. It turned out I went to America the next week and then they called me and they, they had a, the two dots and I passed the course and they said I have to go do shooting and stuff. And then, it, and then the... His name at the time was Toledano. He was the chief of police here in Beit Shemesh. And he said, we made a mistake. The idea was is that every shul would have a person with a gun. This was years, years ago. And I was going to be that guy. And they said, well, the only thing is every Friday night, you have to get in your car, the Shabbat, and drive it back, the gun back, and come in the morning and pick it up because you can't keep it in your house because we don't have, we don't have insurance for it. I'm like, well, you, nobody, so nobody decided to do it. It was a whole waste of time. Tachlos. So, okay, so Rav Moshe maybe would say that that is also getting a stas. You're not really a police officer. You, feel, you, you didn't do well in the test. Somebody else took your test. So Rav Moshe is very right. The other thing that we could also discuss, which is very important, is the actual person who is, is harming his body. The Rambam writes about being my mitzvah aguf. Even the uh, question becomes about Koizis uh, Dam, somebody who used to do bloodletting, right? A person, can you, uh, Rav Moshe finds in his truth is about giving blood, right? Maybe you're going to tie it to me. What do you have to give blood for? A person gives blood. I'm not talking about, right, nowadays, right, Baruch Hashem, we're, we're an amazing country. There were lines, I remember the Baruch Hashem when we went, uh, not Baruch Hashem, but, you know, after, right, when the war started, we all wanted to do something. So uh, they had all these stations where you can go donate blood, and I went, it was in, in, all the way in Gimel, and we went there, and it was, it was a pleasure. There were so many people there. It was such a, such a Kiddush Hashem to see all these people donating blood, and Nebuch, they needed, they needed the blood. They needed a lot of blood. And so, and so. So, so, but, but one could, a tiny, like you're in New York and you want to donate blood. There's so much blood probably. Uh, you know, do I have to? Holy shit. I'm, I'm doing a chabura. I'm still hurting myself. Okay, but that's not considered to be something that's also. And, and that, that's a lot. Oh, what, about, uh, a, a, what about something like elective surgery, cosmetic surgery? Right? What if a person says, no, Nebuch, I can't find a shidduch for myself? Look, my nose, I look like I'm Jewish. I'm like, well, you're going to find somebody that's Jewish, right? Okay, fine. So this is a famous Jewish, Rav Moshe, and the Tzitz Eliezer. So there's some poskim who are very, very much against him. They said, Hashem created you in one way. You can't cause yourself damage of your guf. No matter what, anytime you're under anesthesia, you could die. Okay? That, that's a possibility. I'm not talking about... Giving blood, I don't think that the numbers are there at all, right? So, so that's the thing. There's a famous thing now about giving a kidney, go and so forth. But here, here, this is much, much different. He's doing chavala to himself that we can prove to you. Let's say this, the statistics show that taking steroids, it, 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 it kill you. I mean, Lyle Zeta, Tainas, Sports Illustrated article, this killed him, right? So you can tell me it's not a direct, it's not, but, but lahalacha, I think it would be something that would be very, very questionable. Very questionable for a person to go into that. Okay, that, that then revolves around the next question, which is even more intense, is, well, can I even be a football player? I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember offhand, um, there's definitely a chuva. I thought it was Rav Moshe's chuva about being a boxer. Can a person be a professional boxer? Boxing is a, is a terrible sport. You're, always, you're going to hurt yourself. So there is a famous uh, religious boxer, Dimitri something. So can you go into a, a profession knowing that you're putting yourself at harm? So the question is, well, how far are we going to go with this? Right? There's a famous truth with Nubdi Huda, if I'm not mistaken, about right, can you be a hunter? In general, there's a question about hunting. Is that, is that right? a, hunt, a hunter for, for you know, a sport? So then there's a question, can you hunt for sport? Right. So in general, maybe you can't hunt for sport because you're just killing animals. There's no reason for it. Right? But you say, but that's not really Baltashka because you're doing it for a reason uh, for the sport. But let's say you're not. Let's say you're doing it, you work for a company, not a Jewish company. 
and they kill animals, and they, afterwards they take the you, 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 Let's say you hunt deers, not just on your, uh, not just on your computer and play deer hunter or whatever. But you, you hunt deers, and you kill the deers, and they use it for venison. They use it for fancy fancy meat for the guy. That could be a profession, but let's say it's very dangerous. Or, obviously, like I said, pl- uh, being a boxer. So there are chuvas that, that write, of course you can't be a boxer. You can't have a profession. So the question is, how far do we go with this? Now take it a step further. Let's say it's not a, that's a worse, almost. It's not a profession. It's a sport, right? I, I played my son, you know, when Saturday night, there was, a, there was the, what do you call it, the football game. What do we call it? Beit Shemesh, what, what's our team's name? Rebels, Warrior, whatever. They played against another team, and, and then my son went to the game. Can you, be, can you play in football? So tackle football. That's, that's Jewish? Yeah. That's religious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if he plays, but he's on the team. Because uh, of the water. No. Yeah. Rabbi, uh, yeah, so uh, Rabbi Willig, I remember when we were in Morasha, so when we were playing, Rabbi Willig would play. He would play, right, he wouldn't play, with, it could be Rabbi Willig, Rabbi Willig wouldn't play with his kids, because, yeah, right, because the Issa Daraisa of, of uh, you know, hitting your father. And then when it, when it got, you know, at some point in the game, it always got intense. He would stop the game and says, okay, I'm sorry, somebody has to, uh, this is getting, he was nervous that people would start hitting him intentionally. Hitting a rub intentionally also is a, is, you know, is a pretty bad answer. So he would stop. But yeah, your children as well, it's a very good point about that. But besides for that, there you have, your, your, you have different shilas about a son. Is it mutter for a son who's a doctor? So the father, what is the father? The father says, I don't want anybody to take my blood except my son. My son, the doctor, he's the greatest doctor in the world. Nobody else can take blood. So that's a shayla. Can you cause chavol to your father? Again, another, another set of chuvas to discuss whether or not that's mutter. Some say that, that uh, here the father's asking for it, and then maybe it's mutter, dafka's mutter, because you, that is the kibbut avaim, and it's not really causing tremendous things. Like you're not doing a surgery or something that could be very, very dangerous. But back to our Shiloh. So, uh, yeah, there would be many postkim who would say that you can't have a profession where it's very dangerous. So then that's very interesting. I think in one of the maybe headlines of one of the podcasts they had about, well, then how can you have a profession serving in the army? <laughs> right? Or maybe we could ask a Shiloh. I don't, I don't want to get controversial. Um, you know, you have a choice. To serve in combat, okay? So you, let's say that's, you do, you're serving combat. And then my son's in Kfir. And then he gets a call from some uh, guy who claims to be an important person, the Rav Aluf, blah, blah, blah. He says, your profile, blah, 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 and the way you've been, you're Mitztayen, I want you to serve in um, special forces. You're perfect for Duvdavan. You're perfect for whatever. Whatever, whatever these things are. So now can I put myself, now that we know, what they have to do, can I put myself in harm's way I don't have to? Furthermore, you could argue on, this is Mamash Halacha a guy sitting in America, they didn't call him. They didn't call him. We know the famous thing, 150% of the people who were called came. 150% is 50% more, right? People who were not called up, they forgot about them, came on a plane anyway to come to, come to Eretz Yisrael. Can you serve in the army? Are you allowed to do that? So we know it's a Mechamas Mitzvah, it's not much of a Shaila, uh, the Rambam, and a, okay, maybe, 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 good. And yes, quite possibly you could put yourself in that harm's way to go ahead and do that. Leib l'chayal, next door, you know. These are Americans. They don't have to serve in the army. Are they allowed to, you know, put themselves in, 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 in a very dangerous situation, right? That, that, these type of shilas, again, different maybe because Eretz Yisrael and, and all the mitzvahs of Eretz Yisrael, uh, but very interesting nonetheless. Yeah. I think the question, would it be in Eretz Yisrael or would it be in, out of Israel? Correct. Very good. So possibly forget about the Mechamas Mitzvah. So then that goes back to the general Shiloh. What should I be doing with, you know, with my life? Can I have a profession that's very dangerous? 
so the question is, is how far do we go with this? If we take it to the step below, can I go skiing? Right, so we have a concept in Halacha where Moshe finds his famous tshuva on smoking. Shomer Psoyim Hashem. Rabbi Moshe wrote, I think in 1984, 1985, where all of a sudden they found out that smoking is going to kill you, right? It, 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 if I'm not mistaken, the tshuva from Tzitzel Yezra was written before this. Tzitzel Yezra was the head of, of Shari Tzedek Hospital, now of Usher Weiss's. And uh, the doctors were, were screaming at him and shaking him and saying, it's dangerous. Everybody knows Nebuchadnezzar here in, er- in Eretz Yisrael. I don't understand why still, you know, Tufshin pay Dalit, still everybody smokes all the time. I, I, moms don't understand. I don't understand. Okay, maybe. So, so uh, we were out uh, Thursday. The kids got a great report card, so he took them out to lunch. And they only had seats outside. It was a beautiful day. And every table, they're smoking. I couldn't believe it. Women and from women. And it, <laughs> it was so upsetting to me. So, so Ritzel Yozer, I think, wrote the Truva first, where he writes, and people thought he was crazy. So Rav Moshe famously writes the, 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 the Pasuk of Shomer Pesayim Hashem, what we, what we say uh, in Hallel. Shomer Pesayim Hashem. Shomer Pesayim Hashem means God watches over the Pesayim. What does Pesayim mean? Stupid people. People who, who the people don't. So the question is, how do you interpret Shomer Pesayim Hashem? Do you interpret it as that God watches over when we do things that are not smart? Well, we call them stupid. We do stupid things. God watches over us. No, okay, you, should, you shouldn't have walked there anyway, but, you know, you walk there, whatever. Or the guy never wants to save a few dollars. This is terrible. I'm not saying this is, this is not the halacha. The guy lives in Beitar, and uh, so he can shave money on, on Coke Zeros. He goes across the street to Hussein, and he gets the same Coke Zero for some reason, because it doesn't have tax on it, for, you know, a bottle's four shekel. So that's Shomer Pesayim Hashem we say about that? He's an idiot. Who told him to go to the So someone argued that Shomer Pesayim Hashem is, I forgot which, which who says what, but uh, some of the Achorinim say, Shomer Pesayim Hashem, I think it's actually one of the Rishonim who say this, is people who don't know, they're stupid because of the lack of knowledge. A great example of this would be COVID and Ramat Beit Shemesh Bet. I don't know if you, I'm sure you've heard this all day. All day, what are we hearing? A week before the, right, the elections, is it? A week from Tuesday? I don't know. When, when's the elections, you know? It's coming up. What? 27, so two weeks. Baruch Hashem, I still won't be here for this crazy election. So now the whole day, what goes around? Somebody's like, Greenberg, Gimel, I don't know, whoever they were, whoever it's for, Bootball, Boot, you know, they, they go, that, that's their form of advertisement. Some, some car that just goes around and around with a speaker on it. That's the way Hasidim, that's how they know their news. They don't have, they don't have a screen. I don't know if you saw this, but in front of Mishkanaz Yaakov, in front of uh, uh, Leva Leao, you know, the, the Binion factory, there's a huge screen. It just happens to be timing is amazing. They put up the screen today because they're collecting money to build, uh, they, I think they want to build a new building or something. So <laughs> I'm like, it's a great picture to take. So all, all, all it is, is it's, it's a big screen and it has, I think, different teams and how much money they've raised to build this new monstrosity, whatever they want to build. Teams, teams. You know, you, you, you join a team. You're in, so I think, like, each building, you know, uh, Dolave 25, have them, have them. Anyway, so the kids are watching it. I want to take a picture of, like, 100 Harid and watching and be like, and then just break into it and put on the Super Bowl, you know? Dun, 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 oh, here it is, the Super Bowl. You know, it looks like they're watching the Super Bowl. And they're watching literally your screen that just is, is saying, you know, how much thousands of shekel they raised. So, wait, what was I saying before? How did I get to the, the Mishkos Yaakov? What? Shari Pesayim Hashem. So what, what? Oh, Corona. So thank you. So, so how, do, how do we answer the Corona Shaila? So, so they didn't know. And this is not, this is not a joke. The Haredim didn't know any better. They weren't watching like we were like glued to the news every night watching. Ooh, ooh, Bibi Netanyahu is coming on. He's going to tell us something else we're not allowed to do. Okay, for the next uh, hundred, you know, hundred meters from your house, you can't breathe. You know, like whatever. Every, every day there was a mask, no mask, this mask. 
They didn't know any better. So maybe you can tie that. That's showing your Pesayim Hashem. <laughs> right? The question is, should they should have known? They didn't know? Okay, maybe. But to tell me Shom Pesayim So Rav Moshe uses Shom Pesayim Hashem. We do, we're doing something that is Hashem. Hashem will protect us about people Nebuch, who didn't know before 1985. And they smoked already. It's very hard to, to break smoking, he writes. It's a very hard thing to do. But he said, from now on, a person can't smoke. And he quotes the Chavetz Chaim and others who spoke about the great, greatness of smoking and thought that it was, it was a good thing. They didn't know any better, right? I'm sure it will come out. There'll be some years that they'll come out and say, oh, Coke Zero is terrible. It's worse than Coke. It's more dangerous than Coke. And it causes cancer and all these different things. So yeah, if that's really true at some point, so somebody has to say. Again, the question is, how far do you go with this? Do we say, what do you mean, Shemar Pesayim Hashem? My son would say, my son Aaron would say, Shemar Pesayim Hashem, eating fried foods. Why do you have Abba? You have that horrible fryer. It's, you know, it's terrible. It's, you know, a Borber Shusar to have a, a fryer that fries food. That's the most terrible thing. Use the air fryer, you know? Okay, the question is, how far do we, that, you, you, again, I'm, I'm being extreme on purpose to say, so what are you going to say? What, what? Definitely going to tell me it's dangerous to be to be a boxer. What about a football player? Well, a basketball player? He could hurt himself too. Eh, not really. A baseball player is just sitting. What, he's going to get a suntan. You know, he's sitting in the, the waiting for the ball the whole time, right? So the question is, how far do, do you go with this? The last Shiloh is the most difficult Shiloh, which I don't. I don't. I, I just want to bring out there, and we'll see if we'll speak about it just for a few minutes. And that is, is this a job? Of, is this what a, Jew, a good Jewish boy should be doing with his life? Right? Should I should I be quote unquote wasting my time? I'm not talking about playing. Playing is a huge mitzvah. Mitzvah midaraisa. But we generally watch sports, and what do we say? Nabach, we say, I can't believe my team lost. Oh, I can't believe it. Not because of Masachi Bakubi, because we lost money. I think it's like my team. You know, you I, right. I could totally see you watching the Browns game. You watch, watch on them. Oh, you go crazy. We lost. I can't believe we lost. And then you're upset about a play. That is stupid. And then, like, if you turn around, it's like, you didn't lose. They, they don't know who you are. You're a loser. Nobody knows who you are. Even if you were at the game, they don't know who you are. Nobody's looking up to the stand and go, you know, they're going after us. Sorry, 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 my bad. Sorry about that. Sorry. They just go into their thing. They don't care about you. They care about you because you're giving them thousands of dollars. So that, that, that in itself is the Shiloh over here. Right? Should we be Isaac in these things that are such a waste of time? And again, same thing with Masach Kubia. I don't say it's a bad thing to go once in a while. I would, if, if somebody offered me tickets, I think I would go once, once just to stomp to go. You know, I'm in America. Here, somebody invites me to a Rangers game. And I, not for business. Or stomp. Just uh, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I'm not, I don't do the. You know, again, that's that's part of this question. You know, Rav Shechter is very strict with this. I heard Rav Shechter today give a give a shear about this. So he says that everybody everybody has to be a top and chacham, and everybody has to learn every minute, every free minute that they have. But that doesn't mean that you have to learn all the time. The Gidu Yamalila means yes, a person has to have a real job. Rav Shachler wants the taina that it, well, what job do you choose to take? You could have two different jobs. You could have a job where Baruch Hashem, you're amazing. He told the funny, not such a funny story. He says he was on the plane and this guy comes up to him. He says, Nebuch, this guy looked like he was the poorest guy I ever met in my life. He wasn't wearing any shoes. He was wearing ripped. He called them dungarees, ripped jeans, and and I come up. This is, I, and I recognize him. He says, Rebbe, I was in your shir this many years ago. He goes, oh, how are you? And he says, ah, Baruch Hashem, I'm much better. He says, I, we actually moved to Eretz Yisrael, but we couldn't make it here. So he says, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What happens? It was flight back from Eretz Yisrael. So we live in California. Now we move back. He says, why did you move back? He says, well, when I was in, when I was in this true, when I was in California, I used to make $2 million a year. $2 million, not shekel, $2 million a year. When I moved to Eretz Yisrael, I only made half a million dollars a year. And my wife couldn't live on that. 
They lived in, you know, the, the poor village of, of outside of uh, Tel Aviv called Savion. He said, we could live on half a million dollars a year. So he says, that, that, that's ludicrous. That doesn't make any sense. Figure out how to work on that. Sometimes people are working too. I have no time to learn because I come home every night at, at one o'clock in the morning. Okay, that, there's something wrong with that, right? So you have to have a balance of the two. I think the same thing with sports. You can't tell me that sports is it's just usher. You should vote shalom. You know, it's like a A person has time, and a person has allowed to have time for himself. He's allowed to unwind. I was listening also on another another note. I think it's this week's podcast headlines. He has at least at the beginning a great rabbanaman. So he's a rav who's a Talmud of rav. He was the mashkiach in, in Rav Scheinberg's yeshiva, together with a psychiatrist on. And they explain that mental illness is a huge thing. We were talking about this on Friday night in the yeshiva about music. That music, uh, the, sh- the Shevet Halevi, someone quoted, I, I, I didn't see the tshuva inside, but, but it, it, if you know the Shevet Halevi, it's, it's very interesting that he said this, because this, this wouldn't be his typical way. He spoke about uh, listening to certain types of non-Jewish music. I'm not talking about chasr music with horrible words. I was pointing out that, that sometimes I go into the, when you go to the mall and you're shopping in Castro, you're shopping... You walk in and they, they have horrible lyrics. And when you go out to them, look, uh, do you know what you're playing here? I'm like, and I start to tell them the words that I just heard in the last five seconds. I'm like, why? Because they're not, nobody's paying it. They don't know anything. They, you know, they claim like they're Israelis. We don't know. What, the, what does it mean? That's a bad word. I didn't know that. You know? Okay, I'm not, not, not so sure about that, but okay. I'm talking about, let's say, so the Shevet Alevi, apparently. Listen, the truth is, Rav Shlomo Zalman writes about this. Rav Moshe Feinstein even writes about, uh, when Rav Moshe Feinstein says he's not allowed to listen to music, he thinks that the Isser replies, the, the Isser in the Shulchan Aruch, he's not allowed to listen to music with, by Chorban Abayas. So we know we do certain things to remember Chorban Abayas. The easy things, we, we all do the easy things. They break the glass from the chas and they put ashes on his head, that's easy. Dalad al dalad on the house, that's easy. It says you really shouldn't listen to music. Okay, it's a machlekes in the Gemara. We seem to pashkin the Ashkenaz ways that we do listen to music only based on Mishnah. But okay, Moshe's machmir on this, one of the few Rav Moshe things nobody ever followed. So Rav Moshe, so Rav Moshe would even say, Rav Moshe wrote this, uh, Rav Shabtai Rappaport, Rav, Rav Bagno's boss, if you will, he's the head of the Barilan Kolos, Rav Shabtai Rappaport wrote, he said, yeah, he says that, he says that Rav Moshe clearly said, uh, he wrote a lot of the truth, Rav Moshe, meaning the, the Igris Moshe, son, and, and uh, he said a lot of them, a lot of Rav Moshe said, but classical music, things that are going to help me, uh, put me in a good mood, or or uh, what we call you know music that's reka, background music to help me work. That's mutter, and he said he can maybe even be mutter in the three weeks, maybe even the nine days. That, that, that's a different type of music. A person who's in the state of dikayon, he's, he's he's sad. He's of course we want to get him out of that, and that's going to help with music. They had this during COVID. There was a machlekes between you can call it a machlekes between Rav Usher Weiss and Rav Shechter. Rav Shechter said lechachila during the during Svira, He said because it was COVID, everybody should listen to happy music. Because we're all, we're in such a bad mood. It was so sad. The world, he's like a million people. And Rav Asher says, I agree with Rav Shachter says, but it's on a case-to-case basis. So I think it's the same thing over here. The question is, is that a person knows he's not, he's not, he's not sitting in Rav Hartzin Shirim all night, you know? Baruch Hashem, it's only two days a week, you know? Remember when it was every single night of the week? You wanted to shoot yourself, you know? So now, let's say, let's say you're a big chassid, and you now come home, and it's 10 o'clock at night, and you say, Ma, can I just have a half hour? Like, she's like, okay, he wants to unwind. So nobody said, ah, you know how I unwind? I read Pirkei Ovas. <laughs> no, okay, you don't have to read Pirkei Ovas. I have to read the Tashpits. The... No. So I unwind, I want to watch uh, highlights of the, of the game. Even better, I didn't watch, you know, like I have a friend who says, I'm not, I'm not into sports. I live in Eretz Israel. He says, I'm not into sports anymore as much as I used to be. I only watch the fourth quarter now. Like so a lot of people with the, with the Super Bowl. They say, I have a kunz. I'm going to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and watch the last quarter. That's the only thing that matters. Okay, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Everybody's got their thing. 
the, the, you know, the Super Bowl is a one-time-a-year thing, so I'm not going to comment on it so much. I don't think it's the, the worst thing in the world. A few years ago, unfortunately, I had to stay up for the Super Bowl because <laughs> my in-laws went to, we went to Florida. So they have an apartment that has cable, so they had the game on. They have a big screen TV. And uh, my son wanted to do a party there. But my wife was nervous, a party, it's an apartment house, what if they get kicked out, my in-laws, who knows, you know? So she made me be the, uh, the chaperone, if they call it. But then my other son said, it's not fair, why does he get to watch? So we had two showings, there are two different TVs, two different rooms, whatever. So I had to stay there. So um, when I came to Shear that morning, I told all the guys something very important. Very important, I'll end with this, but it's very important. And I said to them, I understand that people have a tie, but they want to watch the game. What's the hardest part here in Israel to watch the game? It's over at like 5 o'clock in the morning. So now it's over at 5 o'clock, or 4.30, whatever it is. So then what do you do about davening? You can't daven. I think the earliest, I actually told my son, my son was asking me, I think 5.41 is the earliest time you can put tefillin on. So you can't even daven for a while. So I said, guess what we did? We all went to sleep at 4.30 when it was over. And I woke everybody up for 8.45 minutes. I let them go to school a little bit late. That was the, the deal I made for them. So 30, 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, four hours of sleep. Guess what? They all functioning. I'm giving you sure now. I had four, four hours of sleep. It's possible. So but what happens? Some people do now. I know they're going to do. They're going to they're say, well, what, do you, what do you want me to do? I had to watch the game. It's a mitzvah. I had to watch the game. They watch the entire game. Right? They watch the entire game. And then they, they daven. And then that's it. They're done. They're done. Right. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Well, I just I already had my chavrusa tomorrow. My chutzpah. Two o'clock chavrusa. Said to me, I can't learn with you tomorrow at two o'clock. P.M. 2 p.m. I go, Why? Why? I don't understand. Now, if he's a tzaddik, he didn't explain it to me. But if he's a tzaddik, and he says, because I want to go to morning shir. Rav Hartson, you're speaking at 945. I want to hear you speak at 945. And then I, then I understand. That's beautiful. Then he wants to take a nap. Oh, that's fine. Uh, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We can do it. And I'm, I'm, again, because, because what happens, we make excuses. Say, well, I, I needed to unwind. That's why I had to watch four hours of the game. You know? I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. I'm saying in general. Well, you need time. A person needs time to, to unwind. A person needs... But the question is, how much of that? And how much do we dedicate to Torah? And how much do we say, you know, like Rav Shachter says, you, know, you don't have to learn Gemara every second. But he says you could also learn other things and say, you know what? I'm not in the mood to, to sit on a sugya. So, you know, only Rav Shachter is like, okay, so Nebuch instead I'll learn Navi, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll learn a halacha instead of a, instead of a hard sugya in Sanhedrin. But that's the person is to see. Whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. Torah is Torah. He says, Shemayim don't look at you and say, well, you didn't learn a hard sigil. Oh, he was just learning in Masechus Brachas. He likes Brachas. He could have learned Bavakaba. No, no, it doesn't go like that. He was only learning Kabakuk instead of learning. No, your learning is learning. The person has to, has, to, has to weigh those different things and how much time he should spend, especially those people who are addicted to every single sport. Every time of the year, he's in a, he's a, if it's not the NHL, it's the NBA. If it's not the NBA, it's the NFL. It's not the And all of a sudden, he says, oh, you know what I got really into? I got into, I don't even know the, you know, the sport, netball. I got whatever. I'm, you know, ESPN is like five, I don't know how many, six ESPNs now. Coming up next, a catch. You know, like, a, that's what I, every sport, you go by, oh, curling. I don't know if you ever saw the sport. Cur- okay, so you can't be into every single thing. That's really a bomb wasting a time. And it's something to keep in mind how exactly we spend our time.